welcome to the Thankful Homemaker podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friend. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm so glad to be with you today. I have just a quick question for you as we start off here together today. Is selfishness ever an issue in your life, in your marriage, with your kids, with others? And one day, I do want to work through this whole passage with you in 1 Corinthians 13, but today we're just dealing with verse 5 of chapter 13. But to get started on this episode, and we are in episode 128, I've titled it very simply, Love is not selfish. So I want to begin by getting our hearts thinking on the truths of God's word. And I want to read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to you. So if you can, just pause whatever you're doing. Like if you're washing dishes, turn the water off. Just give me a second and listen or follow along with me in your Bible if you can. I'm reading from the ESV. This this chapter is titled, the way of love. And I always personally think of this chapter when I read it as how love acts. So let me begin 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So Friend, if you want to get a bit more time in this passage and really specifically how it relates to your marriage, but really, truly, the the episode I'm sharing with you, it's helpful to any of our relationships. But listen into my episode 100. It's called Showing True Biblical Love to Our Husband. And I was really walking through verses four through eight there in 1 Corinthians 13. And anything I mention, I will try to link to it in the the show notes for um, this particular episode too. So our verse to focus on today is 1 Corinthians 13, 5. And speaking on love here, it reads, so it's, it's referencing love. I'm just beginning with it. It just sounds weird. So it's basically saying love. So it's, it's, it's love, it's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. 
So I want us to ask ourselves as we're thinking here, how does how do our Christian lives, how does my Christian life measure against these characteristics of true love? Because when we begin to understand that love only loves when it acts and that it's not just based upon how we feel, then we can start to apply it and see the impact it has in our lives as believers. Jesus Christ is that picture of love lived out beautifully and in absolute perfection. Love demands something of us, and it's very rare in our world today, and sadly, in many of our homes and in the church as well. Um, This text is very humbling, and it really should cause us to fall before the Lord in humble repentance of how many times we have responded with a lack of love for those who the Lord has placed in our lives. How many times do we find ourselves acting unbecomingly, selfishly, being irritated, or harboring resentment? I know for me personally, it's far more than I would care to admit to you, but I'm so thankful the Lord reminds me I don't have to manufacture this love. I just need to share what I have already been given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 reminds us, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And God has taught us how to love, friends. He tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4.9, Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. So everything that we do as a believer is to be done in love. 1 Corinthians tells us that, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, let all that you do be done in love. So our lack of love for God and others, it's behind all our disobedience to the commands of the Lord. So let's begin here with love is not rude. So do I care enough about those around me to act becoming? Because love is gracious and considerate of others. This would apply to to our manners, right? That our behavior in all circumstances and situations, it would be appropriate. It would be honoring to the Lord. Love begins in our own homes with our husbands and children. It's so good to model and teach this to our own kiddos, what it looks like to act in a way that's considerate of others. Acting unbecomingly or rude, it's not very attractive to the unbelieving world. If my actions are inconsiderate and unloving, How does this display the gospel to the lost world around me? The hope is that we would show the gentleness of Christ to those around us. And as it states in Colossians 4, 6, that our speech may be always with grace, seasoned with salt, so we know how to respond to each person. So as we move down the passage, love love is not selfish. Jonathan Edwards refers to the Christian heart as being enlarged instead of contracted. He describes a Christian as either being big-hearted or small-hearted. So someone with a selfish spirit is going to make much of the misery and issues they are dealing with as if no one else has any problems. They are not going to see the needs around them or care much about what others are going through. But someone who has a charitable spirit will notice the needs of those around him and be concerned as if he were dealing with those difficulties. Their focus is on the good of their neighbor and how to build their neighbor up. The New King James Version translates this part of the text as, does not seek its own. And the problem with our fallen human nature is that we want to have our way, right? Adam and Eve wanted their own way, and it's no different today. Self replaces God. 
But love looks to the interest of others and puts others above itself, thinking there, Philippians 2, 4, and Christ is our perfect example of what unselfish love should look like. He looked to our interest and put our needs above his own. He paid the full penalty for our, our sin, knowing full well that we could not, or we would not, I should say, or could not ever repay him. It was selfless and sacrificial. It didn't seek its own way. So ponder here how Christ has loved you and commit to loving others unselfishly. Pray and ask the Lord to show you where you have been selfish in showing love within your home or your church or your community. Love is our best defense against sin. And the more we love God and our, and our neighbor, the less selfish, sinful we will be. God's remedy for our sin is our love for him. And then love is not angry. So being angry and not sinning, having a righteous anger, is when we're angered by the things that anger God. So think there, Matthew 21, 11 to 12. Well, this is not what we're addressing here, but instead we're addressing here anger that is sinful and lashes out from self-control. It's anger that we let the sun go down on. True love guards against being upset or irritated. It's not provoked, right? It doesn't get angry at others when we don't get our own way or when they say hurtful things to us or about us. When we tell our spouse or children we love them and then continually lash out in anger and get upset with them, our profession of love to them, it's probably not going to be too convincing. When we do not correctly love others as God has called us, we find ourselves losing our temper, we can cause hurt and damage, and it can be very destructive. And anger, it still comes back to selfishness. We get angry because things didn't go our way. If we're insistent on having our own way, we're going to be easily provoked and angered. We need to remember God's sovereign control in our lives. Everything has been allowed for a purpose to mold and shape us more into the image of Christ. Our anger about challenging situations or challenging or difficult people is anger at God and his opposition to his will for our lives. No situation is outside his sovereign control. And if you want to dig a bit deeper on anger, if it's an issue in your life or you want to work through it a little more, the Sermon on the Mount series, my episode 113 called The Sin of Anger, and I work through Matthew 5, 21 to 26 would be a good one to listen to. And then we move on to love is not resentful. So would I like others to be kind and considerate and forgiving of me? Hmm. So am I called as a Christian to do the same to them? Yes, right? Love forgives and it does not keep a record of wrongs. God erases our sins against him. So how much more should we forgive the lesser sins done against us by others? If we're in Christ, we've been imputed with the righteousness of Christ. And when our sin is covered by his blood, there's no more record of it. Our sins are blotted out. Acts 3.19 there. God has forgiven our many sins against him. So how much more should we forgive the lesser sins against us and keep no record of wrongs? And then finally, as I'm winding down here, Christ is our example of true love. In the book, Charity and Its Fruits, Jonathan Edwards brings us back to the golden rule. We are to treat others as we would like to be treated, to love them as we would want to be loved. And my favorite verses here, John 13, 34 to 35, we just went over this in Sunday school last week again. 
a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, my friend, we show ourselves to be disciples to a lost, watching world by our love for one another in the body of Christ. We are commanded to love as he has loved. Instead of seeking our own wants and needs, we need to be seeking Christ. I'm closing here with one of my favorite verses. Matthew 6, 33 reads, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So my friend, may we seek him in all that we do and continue to pray for an unselfish spirit because Jesus truly is enough always. I'm grateful for your time today. You can find the full show notes and most of this post itself are at the blog at my little home on the web at thankfulhomemaker.com. And if you've not been listening yet to the Sermon on the Mount series, I'd love you to. That, that ending passage reminded me to share it with you again. We still have quite a bit of time left in it before I finish it, but there is no hurry because all the episodes, they're there for you to listen to on your own time when you have time. So I'll link to those and I'd encourage you, if you're going through it, grab a study like the one by Susan Heck to do it alongside as you listen and make sure like my favorite resource, and I'm going to share it again because I keep like beating this one on y'all here, is the um, Martin Lloyd-Jones Studies and the Sermon on the Mount to read along with it. Just an excellent resource to have in your home library. And if you have a minute or two, again, friend, I would so appreciate if you would leave a rating or review wherever you listen. And I'm so grateful for all of you who have taken to the time to do that. Thank you. They've been a blessing to me to read. So I am so grateful. It helps others to find the podcast. And as I said, it really is a sweet blessing and encouragement to me. So thank you so much. I am so grateful for you all. And I pray that you have a very blessed week. Mm-hmm.